few topics down but you know i just want to just like just how long you want to record for uh probably 45 minutes i mean we'll see how it we'll see how it feels if it goes a little short and that or goes a longer not a big deal not not much of a time sensitive guy i think over like a certain length it gets a little crazy mm-hmm. and it's like get to split it up so you have to watch it like in six different sittings i think it's yeah like, that's a little bit too much but okay um but yeah so hey dre welcome to the podcast man appreciate oh, having man. you on Man, the last time I was sitting in this spot, um, yeah, I had just moved to SF. Yeah. Things were things were much different now. So now I'm living in LA, so yeah. a lot of things have changed. Let's, hey, let's just jump into it then. Like let's let's talk about like where where have you you've gone from from those times when you were in SF versus LA? Like what what was that transition like? Oh man. Um it was different this time around. Cause so you know when I first moved to SF, I didn't have anything lined up. I didn't really know like what I was gonna do, mm-hmm. but moving from SF to LA, um, I had the opportunity to work with Disney at Disney, which was a really interesting experience. I think um, that being like my, the landing place for LA, you know, for me moving to LA was really interesting. And what was the position at Disney? Uh, product manager. So I was working on the the growth team uh, for the parks and resorts segment. So that was a really that's a really good team to work on as well, because it's one of the fastest growing segments within Disney. I mean, it's even it's grown faster than the the film the yeah. film part. Wow. Um, so that that's a really interesting part to be within right now. And uh, so I got a chance to work on mobile. I was like, it's it's weird because I was like one of the first product managers on like the on the growth team, mm-hmm. um, which is which is really interesting. Surprising you're dealing Disney, with you think? billion dollar yeah you know, yeah. You think they would have many. Yeah, yeah, it's fascinating. You know they did, but none of them. You know it's crazy. They was like, you know, we don't know about mobile, and I'm like, I don't, I don't understand that. Like, how if you're on product, you know product. It doesn't matter what platform it's on. Like, right. product is is platform agnostic. It doesn't matter whether you're mobile, web. Like, it shouldn't even matter. That, that like, phrase, plas- platform agnostic. Yeah, like it shouldn't matter. I I feel like if you're a product person. Just like I think about it, like if you're an engineer, you're an engineer. Like, mm. does it shouldn't matter if you're building for iOS or if you're building for Android or if you're building for web. Engineering is a, in my opinion, it's like software engineering, right? It's like it's a it's a framework, it's mm. a way of thinking. Mm. And if you have that way of thinking, it shouldn't really matter what you're doing. I think about product the same way. If you're in product management in the digital space, it shouldn't matter if you're working on web, if you're working on mobile, if you're working on a platform. Ultimately, it's product. Right. And it's, it's, like, it's 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 all about that 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 line to the consumer that you're trying to build yeah. from, the, from the business idea exactly yeah. it's the it's the same approach mm-hmm. at least for me it is like I, I i have the same approach whether i'm building on mobile whether i'm building for web it all goes back to what, what are we trying to solve why are we trying to solve it and what's the impact of yeah. the outcome of actually solving it yeah so, let me let me yeah. let me take it back and then we'll bring it back forward to what you're talking sure. about you've been into business you've been into building products for pretty much all the time i've ever known you i know right (laughs) (laughs) long time and i remember like from from the beginning that i know you from you started working in your uh grandparents bakery correct yeah yeah but was there any time before that or just i kind of want to kind of dive into that story as someone who was interested in business someone who wanted to get into that space and then kind of how you started building that understanding about product for instance which probably most people wouldn't initially have that yeah i think it all started from working in the bakery yeah um 
that was the first introduction that I had to business mm-hmm. and like managing an operation, understanding the business side as well as the operation side as well as like the marketing side, like really kind of getting that 360 view around a business. Um, and I think the principles that I learned from that were really instrumental in the things that I would I would later do in life that I had no idea that I was going to do at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew I was interested in business. I knew I wanted to have an impact. I understood the the power of the entrepreneur also understood the power of the people around the entrepreneur mm-hmm. um and so i went down both of those paths right like I, I ended up doing several different companies and then you know took a you know a role inside of a company so i understood the different positions um within an organization right right so yeah yeah so that it's fascinating yeah i mean a lot of people like i like to say this now i was talking to roddy a little bit ago and i'm like I think I talked to you about this too. Like, yeah. I, I didn't. We didn't have MBAs, but yeah. like our startup that we started, we were, got out of high, got a college. Yeah, like we were, while we were in college, I feel like that was our MBA. And as someone who is like leading it, you're the CEO. Like, yeah. what are the lessons you think that you've like taken from that experience and like used throughout your other positions? Like, if I, you want, you can just talk about run, like how that kind of yeah. idea kind of formed for us. I think the most important thing I, I've like t- taken away from that experience. There's several lessons, but I think one that has continued to stuck with me, and I've seen it as I've worked for other companies and tried to start other stuff as well, is team. Yeah. Uh, I think it's so important to invest in the team. I think having a, the proper team around you makes all the difference in the success or failures. And I think when you have the right team, you can pivot, you can turn, you can do so many things. Mm-hmm. And I think we had the right team at, you know, when we were doing run, we were doing run for a while, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like diligently working on it for a long time. And that's only possible if you have the right team, right? right, like, it, right. It, that doesn't happen if you don't have the right pieces, yeah, right? No so we, a, no one got a check. Yeah. Nobody got a check for a long time. And it's yeah, like, yo, like in order to even do that continuously, like, mm-hmm. There has to be something, right? Yeah, exactly. So um, I think that's the lesson that I learned from that is if you have the right team, damn near anything is possible, right? And so, yeah, and I'm even seeing it now as I've hired people and interviewed several people and helped, you know, manage teams and build teams, um, you know, really investing in the teams and empowering the people around you. I think is is the most important thing that mm-hmm. I've learned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and I've, it's that's that's a great point. I've learned that more. You know, becoming a software engineer, working at Quicken Loans, you know, developing my you know not just my tech skills but my social skills and like soft skills while in the position, and learning about like team dynamics, understanding like the bigger purpose of of it is not really the code but really the the product around it. Yeah, and you want to build a good product, you have to have good people that feel good about it. And feel good about each other with it. Yeah. And if those things don't synergize, I mean, yeah. The, the 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 shortcuts you take may not seem big in the moment, but they add up, and that's when things start to falter. Yeah, um, definitely. And, and like big teams, that happens to a lot of big teams. A lot of big like startups, they kind of they get so big to a point, the IPO, everything's good, but then it's almost like it's a corporatization of a of a startup. Yeah. Like places become more and more rigid. I mean, all of a sudden AOL. That was like a legendary startup that built this new technology of connecting connecting everyone in America yeah. through, through through internet. Yeah, you know, becomes this corporate corporate piece of a bigger pie with Verizon. Yeah, you know, so it's I, it's it's a fascinating thing, and it's like I wonder, like companies like like Facebook, like looking at like Zuckerberg and his his situation where he's like under a lot of hot water. His teams are trying to produce something. They have internal problems, like stuff like that's going on. And 
I, I really want your opinion on this. Like, what do you, how do you feel about Project uh, Libra, that new cryptocurrency they're working on? Do you, do you, do you, do you see it as a potential, like, you think it was like something the team wanted to work on? You think like Zuckerberg was like, no, we got to work on this next type of thing. Yeah. I don't, I don't know like where the, you know, how it was conceived, mm-hmm. but I think my general thought around it for, from, so I look at it from a different, a couple of different ways yeah. from a business strategy standpoint, I think it's genius. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think if anybody can do it well and execute on it and get crypto to the mainstream, I think Facebook is one of the best, if not one of maybe a handful of companies that are strategically placed to be able to do it and do it very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so sure. I think from a business strategy standpoint and looking into the future, I think it I think it's great. And I think it was Facebook's I think it it stamped Facebook into the future for sure. Not that I had any doubts that Facebook would would, would be around for a while, mm-hmm. but I think that move really solidified them more into the future. Mm-hmm. So I think it made sense from the business side. Now from a personal standpoint you know, we've seen a lot of stuff come out with Facebook, like with privacy, and we know they haven't had the best reputation lately. Yeah. So that that makes me a little bit nervous um, that they'll have more information, um, and they'll have information that's a little bit different than the social social graph information that they have now, right? Yeah, for sure. Like when you talk about like transactional information, that data is 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 much different than like who you know what friends are you know who's your friend encrypted right? transactional data yeah <laughs> which is even like you you it, it, what i worry is like the assumption we place by the end user that they can use this currency for any type of transaction and at one point facebook's going to pull the rug underneath people and all of a sudden governments from all around the world can access and get on this you know blockchain of information yeah. Uh, they were selling it for ten million dollars, I believe, for the for, seat at the, seat, uh, the, seat, the association yeah. that they put, or which yeah, you know, whatever they put together. Which yeah. is for sure not what like Bitcoin <laughs> was invented for, but technology, the technology of blockchain, I think, is open for different like um, abstractions of the original, you know, blockchain Bitcoin solution right. to to that. But I, I mean, I'm I'm with you on that personal stuff, man. It's like. It's a cool product. I'm like, man, this is exactly what the future should look like. But yeah. Damn, Facebook? I, it's it's one of those, like, I mean, you watch the Black Mirror and you hear that news, you you, you don't you don't want to believe it's going to be good. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> you, you don't want to believe it because it's like, you, you there's all these assumptions built in about how Facebook operates. But I think, you know, there there is always, a tr- there's a lot of truth in that news about Facebook does bad. But I think a lot of it is like, I mean, it's like people that hate on, on Elon Musk, in my opinion. Right. You know, they're, they're like people that short Tesla. You know, it's like, it's really, I don't know how people hate on people like that, but it's it's a self-fulfilling thing when you can hate on, you can really, like, target um, a corporation or a group of people that are trying to do something, you know? Yeah, yeah I wouldn't even, I, I think Elon is just in the league on his own. I, mm. I haven't. I mean, I don't know everything, right? But, I mean, I spend a lot of time studying companies, studying founders, studying startups, products. I mean, I, I, I immerse myself in it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's the only way that I can do my job. I, I literally have to live and breathe in the world of products and technology. And from everything I've seen, I don't know another entrepreneur like Elon. There yeah. just isn't. Yeah. Like, Jeff Bezos is not like him. Yeah. I don't care what people say about Blue Origin. Oh, no. 
it's just not the same. He's, like he's got some good press for it. That's yeah, I like Blue Origin. That, I thought it was the funniest thing ever. He's never yeah. launched a single thing in space. Elon's literally yeah. returning rockets to Earth. He's shooting them up and returning them onto wobbly on the water platforms yeah. like that. Yeah, and they're succeeding at every at every turn now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, beyond even what they do, like I I look at like why. Like and that's like the thing in product that I've learned the most. It's like that that's like the space we live in. It's like the problem the problem space. Like mm-hmm. why are we doing something? And just that alone, Elon is just in a whole different world. He he's operating from a whole different why than what everybody else is doing. Everybody else is doing it because it's cool and it's like oh you know that's the next frontier and all this and that. But Elon fundamentally believes something that's completely different what everybody else is believes. Mm-hmm. And I I like I go back. I like to think about like the. It was a quote from the uh, Zero to One book with Peter Thiel, and he asked the question, like, what's the one thing you believe that nobody else believes? Mm. It's like that con- that contrarian point of view. And I think Elon is, like, the definition of that. Like, right. his his view, like, people look at what he's doing and looking at the what he's doing and how he's doing it. But I don't think people spend enough focus, spend enough time focused on like why he's doing it. He's a genuine person. Yeah, like he's genuinely yeah decision making about like building renewable energy sources, going to other planets to secure human life. I mean, it's big, thousand year ideas. It's bigger than him. Yeah, it's way bigger. It's way bigger than him. It's way bigger than him. It's way bigger than like returning money back to investors is is way bigger than like trying to just build a really profitable business is way is way bigger than just trying to solve a simple problem for people like it's literally for humanity yeah and it's it's he's solving the biggest problem which is our planet is in a really bad state um and the future is really uncertain Mm -hmm. and i think he understands that very well and He's dedicated his life so far. I mean, you know, post, uh, you know, PayPal, he's dedicated his life to try to to try to figure out how do we make the future more certain? Because right now it's really uncertain on Earth. Right. And I think th- I think that in itself shows a lot about him and, and like who he is. Yeah. The creative pressure that's I feel like entrepreneurs, artists are under in this moment. It's yeah. a good pressure because a lot of things isn't being focused on them because of political things, because of like world situations. Like people aren't focusing on the artists as much. They're not focusing on entrepreneurs enough. They're kind of, they're kind of, you know, it's almost like, it's almost like the whole startup phase kind of, it, it's still there. Kind of like with the Facebook, the big, like, you know, there's still like Slack IPOs just happen, you know, Box, Dropbox, all these companies are still coming out. But the phase of, of people, people wondering about the, the kid in the, the, by himself building it, something has changed mm-hmm. and it's become bigger and bigger. And now the kids are Elon Musk. They're the they're the Jeff Bezos. They're the the Zuckerbergs. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like there's there's space for a new generation of like startup founders that is coming that that can like innovate on top of it like today? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you want to know the future, sometimes you got to take a look at the past. I don't always believe that the past will mirror the future. I don't. I definitely don't believe that because mm-hmm. I, th- I do think new things take place um that we haven't that we haven't experienced yet but certainly there, there is a new class of entrepreneurs that are getting ready to come come forward yeah. like, and i was listening to a podcast with mark andreessen and ben horitz they just hit their 10-year anniversary anniversary for um their fund for a16z and it's interesting they was they talked about like how the shift in, in these types of entrepreneurs happen in like these like 
continual increments, right? Like if you look at the entrepreneurs in the early 2000s, late 90s, late, late 90s, mm-hmm. early 2000s, those were the Jeff Bezos. Those were the, the Google guys. Those were the Yahoo guys, right? Like those, those are the entrepreneurs and we see where they are today, mm-hmm. right? But then if you go to like 2009, 2010, those were the Travis Kalanicks. That's right. the Airbnbs, the Slacks, right? Like right. those and those companies came up. Yeah, like startups, Postmates, yeah. DoorDash, yeah. Instacart. All these companies kind of came around like kind of in that, that pocket. Mm-hmm. And now we're hitting, getting ready to hit 20, you know, 2020, 2021, 2022. I think you're going to see that that wave be defined now and then you look 10 years out from that mm-hmm. and i think we'll be we'll be looking back saying damn like you know yeah. those were the guys those were the guys that we were friends with those are the guys that were working for the googles working for the airbnbs that have gone on to do you know done mm-hmm. you know do amazing things right right and you know i think i think it's a lot of hype around the platform that it becomes like when you first started talking about the amb- ambiguous about better what platform you're on when you talk about product that matters about the product itself um a lot of hype about VR, AR, things like that, but it's not guaranteed that those platforms will be the platforms that build the next startup, but I feel like that technology is going to enable the next wave of how people use it, because now we're, we're still interfaced in a kind of a flat way. I feel like the next plateau, the next like leap in in maybe not social, but more just like how we interact with the world as we walk through it. Yeah. It's going to change because, you know, I mean, we live in a generation now where everyone's head is down, you know, in their phones. Like when I go into work every morning, everyone's just looking down at their phones. In the elevator, looking down at their phones. Yep. Everyone's looking away from each other. Yep. And biology, I feel like, you know, technology pushes people away. I mean, technology changes how we expect uh, um, our reactions to like natural things. Like we think we can hide in houses, we can do all these things. But the truth is, I feel like we all kind of want to return back to that innate nature of talking, communicating with each other in person. Yeah. So I, I feel like it, it's funny. It feels like technology creates new problems for each for ourselves. And then we, we, we are trying to refix or kind of return back to that time before while enabling, while using the, the stuff that's helped us get to that point. Yeah. It's kind of like a circle, you know, like a, like a, like an interesting, like, uh, you know, it's like trying to get back to the prehistoric, like, you know, like yep. hunter-gatherer type of thing. It's very interesting. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, you go back to, like, the Industrial Revolution. Like, that mm-hmm. was, a, uh, I mean, arguably, I mean, one of the biggest technological advancements in human society. Yeah. Um, I mean, next to this one that's happening right now. Right. Uh, and now you see this happening with information. But you saw with the Industrial Revolution, a lot of problems came about, right? Like, yeah. that's when, like... The, these it's whole like greenhouse gases and mm-hmm. you know all, all these problems with the environment really stemmed from what happened then oil oil saved the world and destroyed it yeah you know, exactly thing people don't realize people were living in farms and they were dying at 30 and they had yeah. kids in the farms now they had kids in the factories and that's much worse so it's, exactly it's, it's, it's fascinating exactly and i think we'll see the same thing with what with, with technology the way it is now like with social media i mean i think it's it's good in the fact that it you know allowing people to connect is obviously good like we as human beings need to connect we want to connect mm-hmm. that's who we are that's what keeps us going otherwise we you know we, we don't really have a purpose mm-hmm. but I think there's a lot of bad that's going to come out of this it already started but I think it's going to get worse and I don't I don't know if we fully understand what it will be yeah. we haven't seen a generation of kids yet 
you know, like my brother's generation, truly grow up living on the platform. Mm-hmm. He's plugged in. Yeah. He's been plugged in since day one. Day one, yeah. And uh, I don't know what it's like to be plugged in since day one. I haven't been plugged in since day one. Right. But he, he has been. So I don't know what that impact to him will be yeah. 10 years, 20 years from now. And things we can't, I mean, we, we see, we see like, microcosms of of what can be i mean we saw what happened in like 2016 with with how people can could be convinced through textual just text and just uh using emotional responses to control people like we're i mean we see that already and we see what advertising has done in the past 100 years or since then the world war ii how they've created consumerism class basically that kind of controls people through what their spending habits are mm-hmm. so you know it's <laughs> it's almost like it's so easy to, to to think dystopian about it if you if you don't go get, get into the details and the rough of it because mm-hmm. in the high level it's like there's all these corporations that kind of control the data that have access they're all connected to all these advertising firms mm-hmm. that kind of over overcast mm-hmm. all the decisions making around us like all the things we buy everything around us but mm-hmm. but it's masked an idea of like you know capitalism consumerism like you buy stuff you want but it's like is it what you really want Right, and it, it, it's a it's an interesting time, and that's why it's like the Libra idea using blockchain technology is good because it and it re it takes back you know that essential need to have ownership of your of your own ideas and your own things yeah. without being feeling like you've been kind of conned into it. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people feel like that online. Like they feel like they're getting played, and they don't really know how they're getting played, and they get frustrated by it, and it kind of it kind of feeds into that negativity. You know, like you go on Twitter. You go on any trending topic, it's there's no puppies save the day hashtag. It's always something, mm-hmm. you know, negativity sells a lot better online. I mean, it sold much better in newspapers 100 years ago, too. So it's, um, you know, it's like human nature. It's naturally to protect yourself. It's natural yeah. to, like, want to get away from, like, the um, the outsider, the danger. But it's like sometimes, like, when you take you have to take that big risk, that's when you get the highest reward back. Mm. So... It's, yeah, it's, I don't think people realize that they're they're hooked. Yeah, no, I, I yeah. I don't yeah. think people realize it. Um, yeah, I, I just how can you? I mean, it, it's I mean, you have to. It's I mean, designed it's a, to not make you realize it, right? I mean, the things that the reason why we understand is because we've been in it. Well, we were. I think our generation is really lucky because we had had our childhood where we saw technology exploding in front of us, and we we saw we were outside for a little bit. You know, we mm. were. As kids, we did so many different things that let us know, like, there's real life here. There's, like, trees, smell it, like, nature, all these things. Yeah. And then we saw it blow up. And then we and we also got in technology where we say, oh, wow, this is, like, these ads, like, if you read about them, you read, like, the book Hooked, for example, you know, like, all these different callbacks, all these things are subconsciously playing in your mind. And mm-hmm. they work. People swear advertising doesn't work, but they keep buying Nike. They keep buying Apple. They keep buying the top brands, like Coca-Cola. It's terrible for you. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. num- one of the number one brands in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, um, I think the advertisement, the advertising is one thing, but I think like the hijacking of your subconscious is is at an all time high, and I don't, I don't think people understand what the products that we use are designed to do. Like we literally as a as a person behind the scenes and that's one of the reasons why I jumped in the product is because I understood the role that product played in the in a technology organization. I understood that. Like I understood that product drives the experience that everybody else gets a chance to experience. Yeah. I understand that. And so 
yeah, like it's designed in a way to really change the way you feel, the way you feel about yourself, the way you feel about your community, the way you feel about life. And I think I don't I don't know if people realize I actually I know that they don't realize that their subconscious is hijacked. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not online, the things that you've seen online are consistently playing in your head. Mm-hmm. It makes you feel a certain way. You know, like know. like your phone literally is an extension of your brain. It yeah. is who you are. Like if you look at somebody's phone, if you were to take all that data and put it in and plot it on graphs and look at it from different d- angles and different dimensions, it's literally a replica of your brain. It's yeah. the way you think. It's how you feel. It's who you know. It's it's it is who it's who you are. Mm-hmm. But I don't think people look at it like that. But that's the way it's been designed. Yeah. It's been designed to not only make you feel that way, but it's been designed to mask it so that you don't understand how you're, why you're feeling that way mm-hmm. and like what's controlling it. And I think it's really interesting. That's why, you know, seeing how these kids that have been plugged in since day one, it'd be interesting to see the outcome of that. But regardless, I don't even think half of our generation will ever be able to exist without being plugged in. I just, I think it's too late. It's too late. Yeah. So social media, you think social media, the way it is, it is most basic form of liking, disliking, commenting, stuff like that. You think it's going to always be like that? You think it's just kind of be kind of a part of culture? Yes, but it isn't just social media. It's the gamification of, of products and technologies. Hmm. It's, the, it's, the, it's the gamification part of it that is driving us. It isn't just social media. Social mm-hmm. media is one factor in it, but mm-hmm. it's other things too. Hmm. I mean, it's, 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 it's the whole system. You know, like mm-hmm. technology and, and, and the products that we use, it's a system. And so the gamification of that system, I think, will always exist. And I think it con- will continue to get better. Yeah. You know, as we get new form factors, new new hardware, new ways to experience things. Like you talk about AR, VR, it'll only get better. Yeah. It'll, it'll only feel more real. Right now, the way we experience things, it doesn't feel real because it isn't necessarily, because it is an extension of us. But... It, like the way we experience it is, is slightly different but the closer that kind of comes to your reality and it becomes blended with your reality then it, it's like uh, you won't be able to distinguish it right and that's when it gets really scary I think yeah. when like life and the, you know your experiences become one and you don't really understand like like what's what's real and what isn't real right so that's yeah so that's 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 for the yeah you know, hearing that makes me think like, man, imagine, imagine we're like that, and imagine, I can, I can already imagine a counterculture which is, we're not gonna wear that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's that those few people that will not join the simulation, and I wonder what that will look like to them. Like, what will look world like outside the simulation when everyone's locked in? They'll join. They'll join. They're just like the people who, well, like my parents, who say, "Well, we'll." Well, like my aunt told me years ago, "I'll never text." Yeah. I'll never, <laughs> never I'll never I'll, I'll never do this I'll never do that and, yeah. and they're on it like they'll yeah. join that, that's the way innovation works right you look, the innovation curve works that way right. well let, let me you give know? you the let me give you the I mean the, the movie The Matrix is all about that oh, idea the idea against that which is like there's always a Zion there's always people trying to escape the status quo you know what I mean that are trying to break out and you know, that's where the innovation lies and I think I, I the, the dystopian future is that of like everyone plugged in and away from nature in my opinion I feel like we need to be entwined with it. I'm more of an AR guy than a VR guy in that sense. I'm more interested in in in, in re-engaging with the world instead of recreating it in our own way in a different space that's not like physically here. And I and I, you know, the technology that's moving in that direction with sensory technology and just like being able to like recreate touch and feel. 
I, Jesus, I feel like people are going to be plugged the fuck in, dude. They're going to be completely locked in, and they're going to have nothing else outside of that. Like, I mean, you've seen, like, Wally. Have, have you seen Wally? Yeah, yeah. That shit scared the hell out of me yeah. when I watched it. I was like, what? The? Like, that, that type of thing is frightening. Everyone's 500 pounds on a moving conveyor belt yeah. to be eaten by each other. I mean, it's... Yeah. <laughs> you, you could tell the movie in three different, like, another way, and it would be a horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> you really could. No doubt. No doubt. But... That's oh, it's a cat. She's tearing some guy up. Yeah, we have a cat here. Her name is Callie. She's a she's a crazy one. But yeah, man, no, it's it's it's. I mean the, the um, I mean, but you think about what people were thinking about like in the '60s when AI technology was first invented and how they were, you know, scared as hell when they first did that. And they talked about all the things that would go wrong and how the world would collapse. I mean, like in 2000, you mm-hmm. know, Y2K, like all the clocks will stop working. You know, like, yeah. It's almost like the fears we have today are always, like, put in perspective in, like, a hundred years, like, almost, like, abstracted to be almost, like, ridiculous. Yeah. But it's, but it's, like, how do, it's, like, how, it's a question is, I guess, for any innovator, it's, like, how do you, how do you see into the future um, without being dispelled by all these possibilities, without being, like, taken aback and, and, and really focused on, like, building that future that actually, like exists that people want to join that people want to be a part of that doesn't like scare them yeah i think um i often think about like a quote from ray dalio that says uh he says it's it's like for investing i think about it in the same way in in technology Mm because you're you're literally investing in in the future um Mm -hmm. whether securities or whatever but Mm -hmm. it's like um to be successful in investing you have to um bet against the like you have to go against the consensus and be right. Mm-hmm. Um, so what everybody else is saying, you want to bet against them, and you want to be right about it because that that that's how you win. Because that's not where everybody is. Right? Way harder than it sounds. Yeah, and I think I look at I think about that in technology too. So it's like while everybody is kind of swarming around particular things, I think you want to bet against against that to look at something else and just hope that you're right. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think the ones who do it work out. I mean, I think Jeff Bezos is a really good example of that. Like, mm-hmm. Amazon really took a bet against what everybody else thought the internet would be back then. Yeah, and he was right. Right. And I think Elon, same thing. He wasn't the first to do electric car, but people had tried it. People gave up on it. But he said, you know what? While everybody else isn't focused on that, I am. And now we see that there's been a huge shift in the market. He mm-hmm. was right. Yeah. And so we've seen it play out. Steve Jobs, same way. Like, he was right. Walt Disney, same thing. He was right. So it's like, it's a consistent pattern. So I think to, you know, I think if you want to really build the future, instead of looking at what everybody else is doing and looking at these emerging technologies and what these buzzwords are, it's like, what aren't people talking about? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, what's that thing that people aren't really focused on that you truly believe that nobody else does? Right. And then how do you, you know, how do you bring that to life? Yeah. Incredible. Very interesting. It's very interesting. You know, it's interesting. Even like, on a, on a way smaller scale and like a real business business level, even companies like Zoom, for instance, you know, video conferencing have it around for a long time on long many time. different platforms and many time. different ways. Yeah. Zoom came in and burst through the market. Yeah. And and took over in a lot of different sectors. And I mean, there's opportunities and places that people don't see. You know that 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 really drive the innovation that's needed. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's exciting, man. Like, 
remember I was talking to someone about like about YouTube and just like video. Yeah, we talk about this, like how video is on the internet is so it's so fascinating because you know we see people in three D, we see people in real life. Yep. But on YouTube, everything is a two dimensional plane. No matter yep. what you do, it's you, you you make it a video. It's still a two dimensional plane. It still it still doesn't hit you with the realism that would be in a in a in a different form. Yeah. Um. Do you feel like? Let me just let me just ask you. This is interesting because you know Jeff. I mean, uh, Johnny Ive. You know, left Apple. Yeah. He's still consulting with them. You know, but yeah, it's he left. Yeah, his his role is no longer. It's there. no longer yeah. there, which is crazy to think about. Yeah, it yeah. really is. He, he's yeah. a genius. But do you think like there's space to rethink about? the laptop or rethink about these hard these different types of hardware technology we, we interface with or is it is it more is it is that not the problem with these things what do you mean i mean like i mean we we the way we interact with with a screen has been the same for like 30ish years with like GUIs basically like there's a screen here a keyboard here we interface it by looking at it uh, I'm not really talking about AR but I'm, or VR. I'm really talking about how we visually look at this. Like, it could there be? Would you be thinking if there's a way to like have this screen almost not here, but it lets you like it almost is like a 3D kind of space that you can see into. You know what I mean? Like, it it, it goes almost outside of the screen. Mm-hmm. Like, do, like I wonder, like some things that seem so sci sci-fi, like so out there, like Star Trek stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like. This is a real super crazy idea, but I feel like any idea that's thought is possible. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like the trajectory of of how we how we interface and what and what real looks like. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's getting closer and closer to how you you visually see with your eyes. And I wonder I wonder if like this interface is the next type of thing to change because they've been trying to fix the laptop for a long time. They've been trying to change it for a long time. But they never really cracked it. I feel like like the surface don't feel like cracked it. The iPad don't feel like it's cracked it yet so i wonder yeah i don't know i think computing uh, you know i don't know i don't know i think um yeah i don't know yeah it's a weird question i don't know it's something it's something interesting that i thought about like what is what is the future of that because i'm on laptops so often it's really like like the phone has always been great but when i want to create you know when i want to build something it's always on a laptop. It's always on like a computer. It's always like, like this is like the workstation of of the few of the twenty first century. Mm-hmm. Like all you like, we talk about this. All we want to be at the space where all we need is our laptop and our phone, and we can take go anywhere in the world and we can work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's like because of this, really. And I wonder, like, man, if this if this can become in a way that's even more powerful. Like, I wonder what that would be like because. Well, I think we've kind of seen it already, right? Like, you I mean look at the phone? The phone is a computer now. It's yeah. not. It's not a phone. But it's like the but the work, you know? but the workstationness of it. I mean, like when you, when you have like like a laptop, you have, you can know, you can build a, you can build a whole you can build anything you want with a laptop. Well, I think it's slowly moving there, right? Like, I think it has to take it has to take incremental leaps. Like, mm-hmm. the, I mean, the 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 computer itself has been around for quite some time the mobile phone hasn't been around that long no right like tablets have not been around that long like yeah they've been around like created but they haven't been in mainstream and consumers hands that long it's Mm -hmm. still early right and we have seen it now like with apple moving towards 
from iOS on the iPad to like uh, I think it's iPad OS. Yep, the new operating system. Yeah, we're starting to see that. So I think it's it, it, it is shifting, and I think we'll continue to see it more. But I mean, it takes it takes time. You went from needing a professional camera now to now you only need your iPhone. You went from needing to have Photoshop to edit your pictures. Now you can just do that on your iPhone. So mm-hmm. I think it's changing. Like you may not be able to code on your iPhone, but pretty much almost anything you can do on the on the laptop. You can pretty much do from your mobile phone now, right? Like, mm-hmm. is the experience one to one? No, it's not. But can you send emails? Can you do video conferencing? Can mm-hmm. you, you know, can you make phone calls? Can you search the internet? Can you buy stuff? Can you, you know, can you look at files and stuff that people send you? Yeah, you could do all those things on mm-hmm. the phone. You know, so yeah. it's like it's true. It's true. It's like, and it, but if you go back, you know, eight years ago, was that the case? No, it wasn't. That wasn't the case. But now it is. So, I think if I'm you know, being honest about where we are today, it's like it, I can only believe that it'll get better and better and better because yeah. it has. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I agree. I agree. I guess I'm, man, I'm just, I don't know. I'm someone that's excited about, I'm, I'm excited about the future still. Like, and I, and I, and I feel like, and I feel like the, I'm, I'm I guess I'm an eternal optimist in that way. Like, I think, like, I look at Tesla, mm. I don't see, like, oh, they missed their sales in the right. I see, holy shit, this car drives itself. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm on the other spectrum of these things. So I'm always wondering, like, what is that next big leap that's going to make people more productive with their things? Like, more excited to, like, build a website, start a YouTube channel. Like, I was, like, we were talking about last night about Naval's podcast. I think that work is going to change completely. I don't think nine to five is going to make sense anymore. I think all of our, social media all of our things we build everything that we create will become like a a cyclone that describes like who we are and people will look at that and they'll and they'll be able to infer that they can you know have a relationship that can get value they can get value from whether it be through a product you build or that be from just your social interaction and like your social information that you share with them or just the um or i mean look at Instagram models it's just that like they, they look good and they like what they look mm. and like people there, there's a there's a two-edged sword to social media with that because it like you know we know Rodney we know people that create like brands for themselves and they create that vision and then they're able to just execute on that and be that and live live that out slowly and they were able to create value in the world and then I feel like when I hear that I'm like man man like it, that, that hasn't that been the vision all along like to escape from the uh, the industrial revolution, yeah. I think we're still in it. We're still in like all the hours we've created nine to five. That was an industrial revolution idea. That was a deal that the government and the corporations made mm-hmm. before they were doing. There was no nine. To five. There was no hours. Mm-hmm. It was you work until <laughs> until you can't anymore. Mm-hmm. And the government came in and said, "No, we got to regulate this, having so they don't work enough for the exhaustion." Mm-hmm. Even our school systems, they're built on the industrial revolution. Yep. They're built on the idea that hey, we're building, we're creating people here, or we're teaching people here to become subservient to their bosses and to be able to follow direction properly. You know, so all these systems we have in place are based on these old assumptions that are being torn apart like day by day by, by just regular people. Like YouTube channels now have more views than the biggest news websites or news channels. Like all those, all those old relics Mm -hmm. like are becoming more and more, obtuse and more and more they look more and more kind of silly yeah. in new age so no for yeah. sure and i think part of that i mean is driven from uh i mean i think partly on the on the hardware side but i think a lot of it comes to like the services side right you talk mm-hmm. about things like zoom but even things like slack right yeah. like 
the communication things like Google Drive and Dropbox and, and Box and right. I think the service side is getting a lot better and is enabling a lot of the things that we're seeing. I, I think it's hardware, but I think part mm. part of it is services now mm. too. And I think Apple is falling to that that trap right now. Like they've reached a you know arguably saturation in the in the phone space. That's mm. why they stopped you know um, reporting mobile sales, right? But their services business is growing really fast. I mean, AWS is is arguably the fastest growing business in Amazon. It's growing fast. It's outpacing their e-commerce business. It's it's a, and it's a service. That's right? incredible. Yeah. So it's like I think that in itself is a is a telling is is a is a tell all of what's happening. People are obviously building on top of AWS for it to grow that fast, right? Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like, that in itself tells you where where things are headed. Yeah, that's why, like, open source is so critical to that process. Like, yeah. things like Firebase as well that are basically, like, network, basically, like, a platform to help developers build products and build apps very quickly. Like, those things combined together, they really become a powerful asset tool for people that are creatives, you know? And I think it's, like, Man, like that leverage on top of that, things like Lambda School, like all these things, it really puts a real question mark on these institutions. Yep. And it makes, it puts them in a situation where they have to either innovate or they, unless government steps in and keeps them around, they will, they will, they will die. Yep. You know, so it's, it's a, yeah, man, it's, it's a, I feel like it's a, it's a scary time in a lot of ways, but it's also a very exciting time because there's a lot of potential and everything. Yep. Like every, everything that's kind of, Everything is up to debate now. Yeah. Like, no, nothing is not, nothing is off the table in the sense of, like, what's sacred in, in like, um, in, in what we've been doing for the past, like, 60 years. Like, nothing yeah. is sacred anymore. Yeah, no, for sure. Things are definitely changing. Dude, it's yeah. hot as fucking here. Yeah. No, it is. It is. But we were actually going to wrap it up. <laughs> no, it's, in a second, no we should definitely keep this on the podcast. You know, yeah, just yeah. Raw. No, it's just one yeah, no, It's very really hot listen, in here. Listen, we, we sacrifice for the for the high-quality entertainment for everyone that listens. You know, we're, we're here we're here to create it for that. And we appreciate you for coming on, dealing with it. <laughs> no, no, for sure. No, this is this is what we do it for. Yeah. Uh, always a good Always a good talk. <laughs> Yeah, man, appreciate it. But I want to ask you just a few more questions before I wrap it up. Um, you mentioned a few different authors and a few different like founders that I'm that I've known that you really you really like. Um, that kind of helps you along the way. Um, if someone who's interested in product, interested in getting in like the tech space, if there's like a book or like something you could you could recommend to the people out there, like um, you mind like sharing that with everybody? A book to get into product yeah product or just tech in general um i don't i don't know if there's one book i think um yeah i mean i've built for me personally i built my knowledge from a collection of books so i don't i don't know just one book but mm-hmm. i'll say one of my favorite books that i, I love and I, I recommend it a couple books one is um the book on elon musk I think it is is one of my favorite books because mm-hmm. I think the biography. Yeah, yeah, I think it shows one. It's not just about him, but I think it, it really shows the grind, the discipline, and the consistency that it requires to do something phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I think there's lessons in that book that Elon is 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 revealing that I think anybody can draw from. So I think just like from a fundamental just basic principle level 
I highly recommend that book because I think it's really it's really good. It's a really good read. It's really fascinating. I, I did the audio version. I listened to it like three times already. Mm-hmm. Another book that I really enjoy is Zero to One. I think um, I think that's a great book as well because I think it it kind of it it's it demystifies the questions we have around how do companies like Google get created? How do companies like Amazon get created? How do companies like Ford, or, you know, or you know the Disney Walt Disney Company? How do those companies get where they are? How do they maintain their position? Like, what what does it take to do that? How do how do you think about that? So I think that's what, that's that's a book that I love. And then I recently just picked up a book on leadership called The Trillion Dollar Coach, recommended by Rodney. Um, excellent book on leadership and and people and team. And I think at this stage of my career, that's the number one thing I'm optimizing for is mm-hmm. leadership and and team. So yeah. those three books have been really helpful for me, and uh, I I recommend them to anybody. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Well, appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks so much. For, thanks so much for joining us. Of course. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys later. Thanks. Peace.